there are 76 million of us just here in the US. We are the biggest generation that ever existed. We were called the me ones, the crazy ones, and boy, do we know what that means, don't we? In fact, we have reinvented every single phase of our life. We were the yuppies, we were the hippies. We like innovation. Well, now we are in the winter of our life. And I can assure you, this is not going to be your average winter. I invite you to join me at Boomerology Revealed every single week so we can figure out how boomers are reshaping this phase of their lives. Join me. This episode of Boomerology Revealed is brought to you by Standard, your best option for mobility products. Be independent with Standard.com. Welcome to Boomerology Revealed. I'm Shahar Boyayan, your host. The topic today might be a little tricky for us to talk openly about that, but a lot of us have to deal with that, either with ourselves or with our aging parents. The topic is incontinence. And then my first experience wearing Google Glass and a healthy tip for you. Let's watch. Hi, I'm Michael Jennings. I'm a family physician in Salt Lake City. Today we want to talk about urinary incontinence. From the moment we're born, we have urinary output and normally we're able to control the urinary output once we become potty trained in childhood. Many people think that as we grow older, incontinence is a normal part of aging, but it's really not. The only time in life that we normally have trouble controlling our urine output is in infancy. Now in order to control urinary output, we have to have the normal mechanisms in the bladder to stop the flow and the signal paths between the bladder and the brain so that we can be aware when the bladder is filled and needs to be empty and the voluntary reflexes that we can say, now it's time to go. But there are several things that may happen during the course of life that can interrupt those normal mechanisms. The most common type of urinary incontinence is called stress incontinence. That doesn't have anything to do with emotional stress. Rather, it should be called pressure incontinence because it's due to excess pressure on the bladder. Normally, the pressure inside the abdomen can be counteracted by the mechanism that closes off the neck of the bladder and stops emptying of the urine out of the urethra. But when that pressure from above the bladder exceeds the ability of the sphincter to, to maintain a cold, closed condition in the ureter, then that urine will leak out. Most commonly that will occur when you cough or sneeze or exert in a heavy way such as lifting or with exercise, sometimes with jumping. Now in order to stop that stress incontinence you have to build the strength of the mechanism that controls emptying through the urethra. And some people may be familiar with the Kegel exercises, which are designed specifically to strengthen those muscles and develop your awareness of which muscles to contract when you need to go, but it's not exactly a convenient time or place. Another very common cause of incontinence is called overflow incontinence. Now, that's mostly in elderly men who have an obstruction in the uh, urethra most commonly from prostate problems. This may be due to simply an enlarged prostate or a tumor in the prostate gland. If there cannot be emptying through the urethra, 
The bladder tends to only partially empty each time that you void. And over time, the bladder becomes completely filled to the point where it is stretched so tight, the pressure overcomes the resistance through the urethra, and then you have little bits of dribbling and dripping and leaking whenever uh, the pressure is built up. But you never really completely empty the bladder. Now, the other type of continence that's very common is called urge incontinence. This is due to an oversensitive or hypersensitive bladder. We normally can detect when the bladder is filling up and get that sensation of fullness, like we need to go or start planning on making arrangements to go. But in some people, those signals begin well before the bladder has reached its full capacity. And those signals can be so strong, they create an overwhelming urge that I've got to go, and I've got to go right now. And sometimes the urge comes along with the contraction of the bladder to the point where you can't stop from going, even if it's not a convenient time or place to go. So that urge can come on very suddenly with little warning, and it can be triggered by many things or just out of the blue. But once you get to that point of no return, then you're probably going to have some leakage. Here are some causes of persistent urinary incontinence. Pregnancy causes a number of changes, including hormonal changes, which affect the relaxation of the pelvic floor. Increased weight of the enlarging uterus, of course, presses on the bladder and can cause some stress incontinence. After birth, you have weakness of the muscles that are necessary for bladder control and possibly some damage to the nerves and other supporting tissues that are necessary for the bladder to function normally. Now with aging, we normally have some decrease in bladder capacity, and we also have an increased tendency for an overactive bladder. Estrogen deficiency in women can affect the health of the lining of the bladder and the urethra, leading to some incontinence problems. The hysterectomy surgery may cause some damage to the pelvic floor muscles that are necessary to support the bladder and for control of urination. There are a number of neurologic disorders, including multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, strokes, brain tumors, or spinal cord injuries that may affect the nerve impulses necessary for control of the bladder. What can be done about urge incontinence? Well, behavior modification is the main line of treatment. Controlling the amount of fluid that you drink, avoiding caffeine, alcohol, spicy foods, or other irritants is very important. You want to control the time of drinking to not have a lot of fluid intake in the hours just before bedtime. And time voiding can be very helpful as well so that you don't allow the bladder to get too filled. Kegel exercises can also help. Medications are often helpful to decrease the strength of those nervous signals that tell your brain your bladder is over-distended when actually it isn't. And there are also some medicines that can help the bladder to relax. There's even a bladder pacemaker that can help control the nerve impulses going from the bladder to the brain so that you don't have a frequent or constant urge that the bladder is overfilled and you've got to do something about it. Treatments for stress incontinence in men follow many of the same guidelines. There can be very good results from behavior modification when the habits are creating a lot of your problem. 
pelvic floor exercises such as kegels also work for men. Periurethral injections are a possibility in men, and there is actually a male sling to resuspend the bladder. One of the most effective treatments for male incontinence is an artificial urinary sphincter, that is a device that takes over control of the mechanism that stops the flow of urine when you don't want it to flow and opens up when you do. Over 25 million Americans suffer with various types of urinary incontinence, but most can have help if they want it. Whether incontinence is an issue for you or not depends in part on how much it bothers you. The occasional drip or dribble after urination may not be a big deal, but for other people it really is. If you have questions about what type of incontinence that you have and what may be done to help with that problem, consult your doctor. If you are diabetic like me, or maybe you have arthritis, or even if you're a pregnant mother, you really want to pay attention to the product I'm going to show you. It's a lot more than a product, it's a system. It's the Footmate system. One piece of the system is this brush. You know, you can use this brush in your shower or in your bathtub. It has soft bristles here for the tender places in your feet and stiffer bristles right here that takes away all the dry skin and rough areas. But that's not only what makes the system. We also have the rejuvenating gel. The rejuvenating gel is composed of tea tree oil or maleluca aloe vera and conditioning. And as we all know, tea tree oil and aloe vera are fantastic for healing skin and takes, they take away also the odor. So even if you have some sports fan inside your home, you might want to try the systems with them. Now, like I said, you can use in the shower or in your bath. The, the system has suction cups that you can put to any smooth surface and use it there, either on the walls of your bed or on the floor. If you don't have a smooth surface, you just need to put one foot on one side while you brush the other, so you're always safe. Footmate system is really great, especially if you have diabetes, arthritis, you're a pregnant mother ha having a hard time reaching your feet, and of course, athletes that need to take that odor out. You can find Footmate at footmate.com. So I'm going to try a Google Glass. So Kevin, tell me, why would I wear a Google Glass? Well, really, it's going to give you an augmented reality experience. So you could be walking around, you can go search for directions, you could go search for a restaurant near you. Pretty much anything you can do on your cell phone, you're going to be able to do on this without needing to pull out your cell phone and do any of that. You can also shoot video of what you're actually looking wow. at and take pictures, too. Wow. So let's try. Let's put it on, OK? Okay. Okay, and I'm gonna hit the button. Now, did it come up? Yep, says okay. Oh, okay, glass. Google, ask a question. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> Say okay, glass. It's searching for something? Oh, it's searching for what's the meaning of life, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, that's okay, okay, glass. Google, ask a question. What's the meaning of life? Cool. What else can I do, and how do I do it? Um, let me get out of there. Oh, look at this. It did show me an answer, and now it's showing me oh, the I'm time. No, that's okay. I can find the meaning of life later. <laughs> okay, I'm going to swipe through, and you can see some CNN stories that will probably come up. Okay, I can see a picture of you, the New York Times, and the audience here. Okay. 
What does it do with our attention span then if I'm walking down a busy street and oh. looking at the New York Times news? Well, we obviously already have problems with people looking at their cell phones and getting walking into cars. So I'm, I'm assuming that same problem is going to happen with that. But, um, you know, people are wearing them to movie theaters, for example, and doing that. So I, I think it's getting to that point where just we're always going to be connected and this makes you even more connected. Okay, now you're a guy that wears glasses, so how do you use the Google Glass with glasses? Because that's a reality for most of us. Now, this is the first iteration that Google's doing with this, so what they're planning to do is really to begin incorporating them into glasses. So this is really the prototype phase where they're getting a lot of beta testers and users out there in the field um, just using them. In the future, I do envision a day where it's just, you can go buy a pair of glasses and one of the features you can get, kind of like anti-glare, for example, is, hey, do you want Google Glass? in your glasses, yep. That's a fantastic, I think we still look a little quirky between our friends wearing this, but it's pretty cool and it's showing me the meaning of life again. So I'm going to read this, I'll talk to you later. I want to give you some data today on a demographic change happening in our country. And I'm going to read this so I can get the numbers right. America in 2025 will be older and more diverse than it is today. The U.S. Census Bureau projects that by 2020, uh, those 65-year-olds will be 16% of the population. Today, they are 13% of the population, so we are aging as a, as a society. By 2030, one out of every five Americans will be 65 or older. Okay, so what is this important? First of all, to understand where the society is going and who the advertisers, for example, should be targeting. But most important, the fact that we don't tend to save money. And if we could continue to save or start saving at least 2% right now, right now, you know, by, by 2025, we would have 80% of savings of the total of the US population. So start saving. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. If you did, don't forget to share, thumbs up, rate our channel. These are the type of things that keep us going. And I'll meet you next week at Boomerology Revealed. This episode of Boomerology Revealed is brought to you by Standard, your best option for mobility products. Be independent with Standard.com.